Hello everyone, Saddle. Welcome to another edition of ARG Presents. I am Professor Aaron, joined by a man who skipped a few more classes than he needed to. I give you Vice Principal Brent. I've always liked being a Vincible. <laughs> it's Principal. Oh. Principal. I said it cool guy style. Oh, you're blowing that was. You're blowing it. You're blowing it. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. Yes. We made the stupid, stupid deal. No. A, a category that literally was pulled from the ether by this man right here, Brent. Tell him the name of this category in your inimitable style. Well, here's something that people need to understand. Uh, there is a difference between edutainment mm -hmm. and educainment. Mm -hmm. See, in edutainment, you learn while you enjoy yourselves playing a different game or an adventure or some kind of experience. In edutainment, ignorance is met with force, usually from a cane or other blunt object. Wow. So, so much lower on the entertainment, much higher on the pain. That's correct. That's correct. Well, there you go. That's That sums this show up. Yeah, right there. that's pretty much yeah. it. <laughs> Low on entertainment value, high on pain. Yeah. So... Brittany, I mean, you, you realize you're an idiot, though. You just basically misspoke, and that's how this category came Me to be. Me misspoke? That's <laughs> impossible. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Ralph. So, <clears throat> before we dive into the two games we picked from the vast library of educational oh, titles, uh, I, I thought we would uh, sort of take a look at some of the... Uh, other edutainment tells the big hitters throughout the uh, old days of computing. Um, I just jotted down a list of a few of them here. I thought you, I, I, it's funny a lot of these I've not played, and sort of a lot. But you've played a lot more of these than me, so I thought we'd test your. Well, I mean, here. when you were coming up through school, the the computer was just banging some rocks together. You know, well, you know, it's funny. The very <laughs> first computer we I ever had or ever saw was a TRS eighty model one or three uh, at uh, at my middle school. And we were all like, oh, computer, you know. And then that's when I was like, Dad was like, yeah, it's computer time. So, yeah, we got one. It was soon after. So, that was kind of cool. So, let's have a look at some of these uh, titles here. I'm just going to go through a few here. All <clears throat> right. Okay. So, right out of the gate, uh, this is a pretty popular title. It's funny. For years, I didn't know this was edutainment. I just thought it was some kind of crazy game. And that's the Where in the World is Carmen San Diego series. Oh, that's series. super educating. Now, now, it super <clears throat> punishes you for getting the wrong Have you answers. played any of these? Oh, yeah. I've never played a single <laughs> one. I tried playing one one time, and I was like, ah, screw this. Yeah, it's all geography <clears throat> crap. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's a geography thing? Uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, it teaches you uh, about the locations that you go to. How did this, how did this game spawn us? Uh, all these sequels, cartoons, all this crap? Is it that good? Uh, oh, no. <clears throat> I mean... I'm not I, I'm not big on it, no. but it is entertaining, and compared to some of the other edutainment games out there, uh, it's 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 well above and beyond in like production value and uh, uh, fun, and it's not just you do the same thing over and over and over. It has kind of an evolving story, and it's not the same every time when you play it. So. It's a fun game. Did you think about picking that one, by the way? No. Not me either. No. Okay, what about this one? This is from our good buddies at Nintendo. Mario teaches typing. Did you yeah. Ever, did you ever go around with that one? I, I mean, I I've, I've, know I've seen it and, and loaded it up, 
but I don't think I've ever, I certainly haven't spent any time with it in an actual edu, in a school or anything like uh-huh. that, educational sense. Okay, what about this game? I, I just kept popping up as an award-winning uh, game, Reader Rabbit. And apparently there was Writer Rabbit as well. I know Reader Rabbit is a popular series because they they did a math one as well later down the line. Uh, but no, this that was not. What oh I yeah, you're right. Played. Math Rabbit. Yeah, they really didn't <laughs> extend themselves <laughs> on the naming no. procedure of, of these things. Hey, if anyone in the uh, live chat has played any of this stuff, feel free to shout out. Um, now here's one that we've played. We've talked about it on here. I don't, did we, I don't think we ever covered this. But we've talked about it a lot. It's it's sort of become. Uh, huge again for some weird reason. Like you hear everybody talking about it, and that's the old Oregon Trail. Well, it's become huge again because it's something <clears throat> that people played in their youth, and now they're old enough to to say, "Hey, I want that again." I en- I remember enjoying that as part of my school day. Well, you know, I, again, I it, that's a game I played a ton of. It is fun. Yeah. But the fact that this thing's some kind of cultural event now, I find bizarre. Very, and you're it, right. I mean, you're, what you said was dead on. It, it, back in the school days, this was going out on an adventure. Having random elements in something that you could play at school was mind-boggling. And there was also different strategies to try. Yeah. Plus, you could hunt buffalo to extinction. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now this one, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of this one. I think this was a later release, but maybe it's called Splunks and the Caves of Mister Pseudo. Yeah, no, never, no, never heard of this one. No. I hadn't either, uh, but apparently it kept. I saw it on two or three of these lists. Uh, it's about exploring. I don't know what exactly you're exploring to do, but I, so if anybody's ever heard of that, I one, wonder if know. it's like a Blue Clue, Blues Clues type mm-hmm. of or yeah, Dora the Explorer type game. Did you watch either one of those shows back in the day? Uh, no, that I was way too old for either of those. But I I appreciate what they've done. I watched them because the, you know the kid, yeah, and, and stuff, and I I didn't <laughs> like them that much. Okay, here's I don't one. think you were their target audience. Well, man. they blew it though. Hey, listen, if you ever you want everyone to watch. Um, so here's what I have heard of. This one's been around since the dawn of time, Branster. Lemonade stand. Yes, yeah. Obviously a classic. Uh, set up your lemonade stand. Uh, try to make money by uh, buying supplies and balancing your supplies versus your demand uh, due to the weather and uh, if it's going to rain or not. So, yeah, very uh, classic game. Very good game. I think that is something that really... Uh, you don't really even think of it as an edutainment game until you boil it down to its core roots. Because yeah. you just play it, you're a little businessman, it's fun. So yeah. I uh that's, that's really that it's been around it's for, forever. Yeah. For, it's been forever. Here I've never heard of this one either, Brent. Maybe you have Odell Lake. Does that ring a bell? No. Mm-mm. Uh you have to uh escape water while not getting uh, uh captured by fish, something. A math, it's a math game, I believe. Or no, it's a skill it's a decision game. Never heard of it. It made a lot of lists. I'll throw it on here. Here's another one that I knew about but never played. Mixed Up Mother Goose. A very, uh, uh, just a game. You ever played this one? Mixed no, Up Mother Goose? No, no. It's another one that, because uh, unfortunately, uh, when I was coming up through school, we didn't have a lot of computer time. We had a home economics class, which those are way dead now. <clears throat> but we had a home economics class where, uh, like, usually once a week, or as your, we had different groups yeah. that would rotate either to do cooking or cleaning or sewing or computer time. Yeah. And uh, uh, so when you rotated to computer time, almost everyone played Oregon Trail for as long as possible. Uh, and then 
that's really the only edutainment game we had in school uh, outside of some of the other ones, it's like math and reading type ones. Yeah. Uh, but some of these other funky ones were just we just ha- didn't have access to. Do you put games like, and we, we should talk about this as we talked about it last week when we were debating on what to play. Um, we both have sort of different ideas as to what a, a edu- edutainment title is. Edutainment, I'm, excuse me. Uh, what do you think is the difference between, say, like uh, uh, an Oregon Trail versus, say, like, what was the one you were dying to play that I've ixnayed? I, wa- I wanted to play Scribble Knots. Right. And I feel that Scribble Knots is an edutainment game that is uh, focused on language, uh, on problem solving, uh, on creativity. <clears throat> and when you said that, no, that doesn't count as an edutainment, I was stunned. And I think if... Uh, uh, we had a poll below this video or in chat uh, that Scribblenauts would indeed be considered an edutainment game by many. No, uh, ain't nobody is considering that. Because sound off in chat right now. It, if it, if it's song. not, what is it? It's just a game. You know, like let me ask you: Is a game like Sim City is that educational? And it, and let's keep going down that road. What about something like? Civilization. I, that's what I saw no, mentioned a lot. No, Civilization is not. Yeah, but I saw that mentioned a lot, and, and and but it really it's it's not historically accurate. Clearly, because you're doing things that didn't happen in right. history. Right. Well, even beyond that, it, it, it's 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 far too deep, and it doesn't have a uh, uh, a focus. What about something like Sim Life or Sim? Or no, 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 that stuff definitely. So you're Sim, not buying any of that. Sim City. I mean, I could at least understand it. Uh, unfortunately, I think that. For SimCity, where it doesn't have proper representation of some elements of city building, uh, it's kind of a gray area. Uh, but I could definitely see Sim- if and someone also Godzilla, said, oh, also- well, well, but that kind of, kind of stuff is you can turn <laughs> off or not even have. Uh, I I feel that SimCity. If someone said SimCity is an educational game, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. I, I'm not buying it. Does Chad anything say about our any voting or anything? What really? Just- oh, they they fell asleep. They I fell asleep it. 20 minutes ago. I knew it. I knew it. So, we delved into the... I, I have to say, I didn't move, I didn't uh, swim around in this topic for a while before I made my choice. I did as well. I did as well. It's funny. We're, as we record this, we're just, we're just completing, or have just completed the week of Christmas. Yeah. 2019. So. Uh, and yet, I still found... Uh, I, in fact, when my buddy stopped by to see me last night, they had caught me at the tail end of a two-hour session of playing my game. And they were like, what are you playing? And I was like, well, I guess I'll tell you. <laughs> now, something before we get started, <clears throat> I looked at, uh, I, I really wanted to play something on the Commodore this week. Okay. Uh, so I did a search for Commodore uh, educate, education games, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a Commodore education group that made dozens, dozens of, of education games for the Commodore, yeah, but it's all it was all just text uh, or really really bad ANSI art, but it covered everything, and they were all separate programs. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite one that I found that I was able to play was called Yellow Light, and the whole premise of the game is when you come up to an intersection and the light turns yellow, when should you hit the gas or when should you hit the brake? And it was just... There are plenty of people that right now need that class. <laughs> it, it was just, you know, uh, uh, asterisks driving around in a, a line course. 
But it was so interesting because I never thought that would make it into the realm of edutainment, and here we are. There you go. How <laughs> bizarre. You know, uh, we might as well just jump in since, since you were talking about what you played. Clearly, I'm assuming you did not play this game on the C64. So, Brent, no. tell us what game you chose to kick us off this week. I decided to go with something that was an absolute classic in the Muncher series and particularly Number Munchers. I have never played this game. I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of yeah. it. If it's famous, it's not famous to me. It is. It's very famous. Uh, <clears throat> this is... Before I talk about the game, I want to talk about the people who made it because they have an interesting story. All right. Uh, M-E-C-C... The Minnesota Educational Computing Consortium was who made this. A consortium, no less. They, and I always they, wonder what that stood for. They actually changed their uh, their name later to be company. but Or corporation, Cons- I'm sorry. Consortium's better. It is. Yeah. Um, these are the people that made all the Muncher games, which there's math and spelling and tons of them. And they also are behind Oregon Trail. Okay. But they didn't start. They didn't start out as a uh, edutainment producing company. They started out controlling and maintaining the computer systems of the Minnesota school system, and they started filling needs. Usually, it was, "Hey, we need a spreadsheet program," or "Hey, we need a little chat program to talk back and forth in private," and they would make those things. And eventually, someone was like, "Hey, you know, I kind of need." Something to keep my little brats entertained. Can you? Can you? Really didn't say that. <clears throat> I well, you know. Uh, can you whip something up? And they went on to make uh, Oregon Trail, the Yukon Trail, the Amazon Trail. They love their trails. Ooh, I didn't know about those. Uh, number munchers, word munchers, fraction munchers, super munchers, lemonade stand, uh, storybook weaver, uh, museum oh, madness, Dino Park tycoon. They made all these games, <clears throat> and it was kind of strange, their their evolution, because the school system couldn't support them. They made all their games on Apple II, mostly. And other schools around the country and eventually around the world were licensing these games, and they were making a ton of money. And uh, they, they finally said, you know what? The Apple scene's kind of dying off here for the school systems. We need to expand into DOS. And Minnesota was like, no. Uh, you know, we, we 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 can't afford that yeah. because they they predicted it was going to cost uh, right around five million dollars. You know, this was jeez oh, to to expand into IBM stuff. Okay, so they said, "Well, screw you, we're going to go make our own company," yeah. and that's exactly what they did. <clears throat> and they continued to make software as a private company. Uh, up until 1991. The same name? I mean, Yeah, except that's when they changed to the corporation. corporation yeah. uh, in 94, they actually became a publicly traded company with about $30 million in annual revenue. Yeah. Uh, and then in 95, they were bought by SoftKey for $70 million. <laughs> I'm sorry, $370 million. Holy moly! So <laughs> this company who started off just supporting this cool system, made games that people love and remember and cherish now, spun off into their own company, and then it was publicly traded and then sold. Yeah, that was a, probably a pretty good buy because, I mean, just, I think it was last Christmas, I picked up 
a, the Oregon Trail handheld game and the Oregon Trail card game. You know, and so they were licensing the crap out of this stuff and teaching yeah. and stuff. They probably made their money back from purchasing uh, that company just on licensing their merch. Well, it, it, it's uh, it's an odd tale of, you know, look where they came from and look what Minnesota could have had if they would have, you know, supported the, the idea a little well, bit more. Hey, they still have but, the biggest ball of twine. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. They, I don't know what that's worth, but they got that going <clears> for them. So let's pull it back and just look at one of their ventures. And the Muncher series is basically the same game where you're learning different stuff. The same basics for all of them. So we're going to focus on number munchers, which is probably their most famous. All and right. it's where the formula works the best. In number munchers, you are a uh, muncher and you have a grid of uh, boxes on the screen. And at the top of the screen, you will have an objective. Either it might be find the prime numbers, find all the answers that are less than six. Multipl multiplication yep. stuff, you know, multiples. It, well, yeah, any uh, fractions, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you have to go around the grid and eat the numbers that correspond with whatever the question at the top is saying. Yeah. And when you eat all the right answers, uh, the screen will blink and you'll go into the next level. And every three levels, you actually get a little cutscene, which it made this different than a lot of edutainment games where they just wanted to learn, learn, learn. This one kind of rewarded you for doing a little bit of yeah. stuff, which is nice. <clears throat> so uh, the different modes of play is you could learn your multiples, you can learn your factors, you can learn your primes, uh, your equal and unequal things. And then there was a uh, extra category <laughs> where... It was all the stuff, a smorgasbord. And they had difficulties from third grade math all the way up to eighth grade math and beyond. Including and, advanced versions. They had third grade and third grade advanced. Right. Now, I will say, I don't know, did you play this on the app or the DOS? I played the DOS version. I played the DOS version as well. Yeah. yeah. And the upper level of this is hard. I mean, yeah, I, it is. That's where I, I started. Yeah, I, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> oh my <coughs> God. Multiplications and fractures, I was doing okay on. Uh, I, I don't know my prime numbers well enough to do this in the heat of, of muncher time. Uh, so I learned a little bit about myself today. Wow, you learned you're not good at math? No, no, no I, I'm great at math. I'm just really bad at, at, at prime numbers, apparently. Uh, Those are hard. So if you just run around the grid, that would be kind of boring. So they added in these things called troggles. And all the troggles mm -hmm. are are bad guys that run around the screen and, and try to eat you. But they also do something else, too, because that would be kind of boring. So they have uh, troggles that will just move in a path, and those are easy to avoid. They just kind of take up space. <clears throat> and then you have troggles that will uh, go around the board and kind of follow you. Those are the hardest, because they actually hone into your position. Uh, and to avoid those, every once in a while, a white square will appear on the grid. Yeah. And that's, a, that's your safe place. If you go there, none of the troggles can get to you. But you've also got troggles that mess with the board, that will add additional answers, be them right or wrong. You have ones that will eat answers, which will take away your, you know, stop you from getting a better score. And uh, uh, all, the, all the while, if troggles run into each other, they eat themselves. One will eat the other. <clears throat> it's very uh, high energy. It's very high paced. It pushes you to do math quickly. 
which is more the point than learning math. It's to practice math and learn it quickly. Uh, I had a ton of fun with this game. Uh, and I had a ton of fun with this when I played it as a child. Uh, I never even, I think I played this in sixth grade. So I don't even think I ever messed with the factors and stuff back then. I think I always did multiplication because uh, that's what I was good at. And I remember competing with my classmates. They have a high score table, and you would compete for a high score. Now, would I go home after the fact and study to try to put, get better at the game? No. Did no. You, what year did you say this came out? Did you did you say a year on this one? Because I was wondering about, uh, myself as to what when it came out, actually debuted. Uh... You know, let me see if I can find that answer for you real quick. Because I, I don't remember ever playing this in any level of school. And I, I will say, while you're while you're milling around there, the uh, uh, when I played this, I for some reason I guess I'd played it at some point because I had I had vague memories of at least seeing it somewhere. And I will say, uh, as far as math games go, uh, this one is pretty fun. Uh, the uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> you compete for score, which that right there, putting that in a classroom is a good idea yeah. because kids want to be the best. They don't want to be the jerk at the bottom of the scoreboard. And this thing keeps the Hall of Fame uh, when you put your name in it after, after you get your score, which is cool. The cutscenes were a, a stun. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it was a good little addition. It makes you want to keep going. This game obviously could have been easily ported to really anything. It's not it, it, well, be, not really that difficult to port. It was. It was ported to everything. Oh, really? Because I, oh, I, yeah. I found the DOS and the and the Apple II version, and I didn't see any other. Yeah. Versions. Well, later down the road, you can you can get this for cell phone even. Oh, really? Uh, I could see setting the the boy in front of this and letting him go to work. Uh, you know, it's funny they the kid now at school they have these things called IXL classes that you do that are homework class. They're homework assignments that you do uh, on your computer at home. Sure. And, you know and. They're not nearly this fun. I just put it that way. <laughs> I thought to myself, this would be a great idea to and and like you said, I put this. I thought, screw this. I'm a math. I was a I was a two time math field day winner at my school. I was all math all night long, baby. I've let those skills uh, decline a bit. Yeah. And so I fired this up on the highest level, and I was I was doing it. But I mean, you're not going to be going at this thing rampant pace. I mean, you had to sit there doing math in your head, and that was all. I was like, man, this is. This is heady stuff. So, I mean, it's no joke when you get those higher levels. It's tough. Sure. You know. Uh, for the release date on this, uh, the best I can find is 80s. 80s. Uh, which is where most of their games did come out. I guess that. Um, this game even has an Easter egg. And really? I, yeah. I, I've never seen it. It's just something I read about uh, it having. If you play the game on the 1st to the 25th of December, <clears throat> and now this is when... Your computer has to be on, have an internal clock that's always going, which wasn't something that was always the case that's back true. in the 80s. I've got plenty of computers that <clears throat> don't have a clock in them. Um, but if you played it during the 1st to the 25th, all of the uh, muncher, your muncher character would wear a little Santa hat. <laughs> One of those. That's cute. Ex excellent. Excellent little thing. Uh, yeah, I love uh, that stuff. Thing. A little I like, extra. I, like that. I, I dug it. I mean, it was like I said, it, I had a good time playing it uh, uh, for what it was. It's very simple, but it works. That's the thing that makes an edutainment title fun. Yes. It had all the elements that you like. It was it had a little like a Pac-Man element. It had it was something you could that had a great adjustable uh, and the adjustments yes. on, on the skill of makes work. They yeah. work. I've never you know they, that worked out fine. It's got a, a, a 
They use the the game engine, as it were, to to do all sorts of different teaching. That's yeah. good. It's got uh, things to keep children interested and uh, and, and sort of uh, enthralled in the in the whole setup with the cutscenes and it's colorful. You know, it's not that colorful when you're playing it, but the cutscenes are nice. Yep. It's got uh, high it, score. It's got a high score table, and it's something you can easily pour over. I, I I call this an educate. This is not too bad on the edutainment scale of yeah. pain during educating, I put this one relatively low. I agree. I agree. Uh, the the, the troggles can come out and get you sometimes when you least expect it. Or, of course, anytime you get a wrong answer, you also die. Yeah. Uh, did we have any user reviews on this, Aaron? Uh, we did. We did, sir. Hey, listen, when you when you need a user review, our good buddy, Graham W. Vecchi's there, yes. my friend. And Graham writes, uh, I will score this 6 out of 10 because it's probably better than doing times tables and other methods of learning maths, the here the gameplay isn't that thrilling. Move your number muncher through a grid of numbers, avoiding bad troggle guys and answering math questions at the top of the screen. You advance to the next level when you have selected all the correct answers. That's pretty much all there is to this. The longevity of this game boils down to your math ability or how well you want to get at maths. It was probably a well-loved MECC game in the day. So there you go. He, yeah. <clears throat> six out of ten. I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I think that's fair. I mean, and AJ, I don't know what you... Uh, I, here's how I would... I don't, of course, I don't do a, a formal score, but here's how I would look at a game like this. We looked at the checklist of what it does. You know, is it the most exciting game there ever was for education? No. no. But it's not bad. It makes you feel sort of like you're playing something. And that's what an edutainment title does. It's a trick. It tricks you into learning. It tricks you into thinking there's a game afoot when actually you're, you're learning like a chump. Yes. Uh, for me, I would rate this as something that uh, uh, it's so easy to emulate. I would go out of my way to emulate it just to give it a try. You can but go to archive.org and play it as well. Yes. Yeah. But certainly if uh, someone else has it loaded up, uh, take a whirl on it. Uh, out in the realm mm. of how much does this cost, holy cow, all over the map, depending on what system you're buying it for. Yeah. Uh, just randomly, I had pulled up for the Windows 95 platform uh, in the original uh, jeweled case. I guess it came in on a CD back in the 95 days. I guess I'm going to guess that had some. Uh, That's weird because there some, weren't a ton of CDs. Yeah, there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that had some empty space on it. Yeah. Uh, 14 bucks. 14 bucks. Yeah. And I, I think you could get it probably considerably cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. You, you could. To, you want the truth. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was okay uh, as far as a edutainment edu- 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 title goes. So. Moving along, uh, yeah, I, my game comes with a conversation. So I was <laughs> I was over at the boats Friday night, you know, stipulation time. And boat lamented. He's like, "Look at all these games I've got here." He said, uh, "I I and it, this was last week." And he said, "Look at all these games I've got here." And I feel bad because people have seen these games and I haven't been able to play them all. I'm like, "Listen, but you can only play what you got," you know. And he tries to play everything we got. We, people send us games. We try to play them. So. I thought, you know what, for this week's title, I'm going to take some of my own advice and pick a game that I actually own. And so, with that in mind, I chose Donald Duck's Playground. You can see the box there, and look, lo and behold, here is the actual box. Now, if you Slightly watch, more yellow. If you watch my Coco Massive Hall episode, uh, you can see I, I got this in that hall. You can see this it, This opens up into a lovely, uh, a lovely thing. So... Let's talk about this Donald Duck's Playground, Brent. And by the way, it was this or Winnie the Pooh. That was the two I 
two edutainment titles well, that came in my... Donald Duck Playground is actually something I did play in my year. Really? Yeah. Uh, there you go. So, Donald Duck's Playground. Now, the a lot of versions of this came out in 84, but the, uh, the uh, uh, Tandy color computer version of this came out in 86. So, uh, you had Sierra Online behind this one. Uh, this came out for a ton of different platforms, including uh, the Amiga, the Atari ST. Think about that stretch. Uh, the C64, yeah. the P the IBM PC. Think about this. The IBM PC Junior. Yeah. Got a version of this. Yeah. Apple II. Uh, you got a bunch of crazy versions. Uh, and this was the Coco version I looked at this week. Now, I'll tell you right out of the gate, uh, when you open this Coco version of this game and look at the beautiful pictures, all the pictures in it are from the Tandy slash yes. IBM version. Yes. It's a rip. Wrong. Yeah. They tricked you. It doesn't look like that. It's one of those gimmicks. Of course, if you knew your computer, you'd be like, no. Well, yeah, what makes it worse for the Coco is it says Tandy yeah. slash IBM, which meant the Tandy 1000 series. Yeah. And even on the yeah, front... Yeah, it was a complete screw job. Even on the front of this, it says Tandy Color Computer. It doesn't actually say... You know, it says Tandy Color Computer, but Tandy's in huge letters. Yeah. So, you don't, you know, very confusing. So... <clears throat> What is Donald Duck's Playground, Brent? Well, what it is, you play, you take the role of the uh, uh, the classic cartoon icon, Donald Duck, and your job is to go around earning money so he can buy playground equipment. A yes. simple, this is exactly the way they do it in the education system here in West Virginia. Everyone's going out, they do the mean heel jobs for pennies, all to get those kids a slicky slide. Now, before we get too deep in this, I want to talk, because you know how I am, I want to talk a little bit about Donald Duck, the character, the second fiddle to Mickey, uh, as it were. Uh, Donald, believe it or not, Brent, first appeared in a cartoon in 1934. Pretty, pretty. Okay, I can believe that. Uh, well, I mean, it, that's a long time ago. Here's some stuff I didn't know about him. His full name, Donald Falteroy Duck. And he's got aliases. According to Wiki, his alias is the Maui Mallard, Frank Duck, Fred, the Duck Avenger, Paper Ricknick, Super Duck, Double Duck as well. He's got a lot of crazy, <laughs> a lot of crazy nicknames. And of course, there's a whole slew of Donald Duck relatives, Daisy, Huey Dewey and Louie, like Scrooge McDuck, all yeah, those guys. Yeah, whole family, whole duck bird. I looked over his appearances in video games. And Donald Duck truly is an underappreciated video game character who's appeared in at least 40 video games. Yeah. 40? Yeah. That's incredible. And so, and I would When well, you can't pay for Mickey, you get Donald. Well, Mickey's in this game. Well, <laughs> sort of. He's involved. He's involved. <clears throat> so, uh, Donald's put to work in this game, and this game is a series of mini-games that lead up to... that lead up to buying, I guess, a... Uh, 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 this equipment you need. A playground for your kids. Right. It yeah. seems it seems simple, right? Well, it's not. Uh, it's oh, Well, I mean, it sort of is, I guess. So, there are four small games in this that you can go to. It starts off with like a city street. One side of the street, one side of the city is where you buy stuff, and one side of the city is where you, is where you get your job. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know what, I'm going to go in the order that I, that I, that, it is definitely the company town of a video game. So, the, the way I did these, it, I went in an order that only that I would do, because I didn't know where I was going. I just staggered around the map like Donald had just came out of the bar. And the first place I ended up going was the train station to play the train mini game. Now, in this game, you are confronted with sort of a train map in front of you, uh, and you are tasked with moving the switches on the train track to get Donald to uh, 
to get the train to go where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Right. And so this and so at the bottom of the screen there's like six switches, and you just walk up to them, hit the button, and once you hit the button on the switch, you're basically locked into that switch. And you move your joystick left and right to move the switch left and right. And when you're done, you hit the button, you can move to the next switch. So it's one of those. In the meantime, the train just and just toots around the track at the top of the screen. It never really stops. It just, it, yeah, just it, only, it only stops when it gets to a predetermined yeah, destination. Yeah, in, in Duckland, you better jump off the train. There's no stopping that sucker. Um, and so uh, that's the game. And you and you said for each of these mini games, you set a time limit as to how long you want to play. So there's really no win or lose. You just go in there, and however much money you earn is how much money you get. Right. So what did you think of the train mini game? <sighs> Okay. We're going to go that way. Uh, you know what? For right now, I'm just going to talk about the games themselves. And now I'm going to yeah. give an overview That's of That's right. That's what I uh, want. The train game was kind of boring. It was. It, I thought it was It was, It was. was a game. I mean, it was sort of like uh, a game. Yeah, it was. But it now, was, what edutainment would you get from none. this? None. I'm sure there is some edutainment to be had here in terms of pain. No, and, that, and you were learning how to... I don't know. I mean, no. you were making logical decisions to make the shortest train track. This was sort of like a game. No. no. This this had no uh, uh, educational value at all. It I, had none. You're being tough. tough no, it had no educational value I think at all. it had like decision-making training. There are six switches, and if you randomly hit the six switches, you are eventually going to get the correct outcome. Can oh. you put some logic <clears throat> into it to get the train to go where you want? Of course. But it isn't like planning out a route. It's because no destination is more than, say, two switches away. So, I, no. Luckily, I've got the trusty box here. Allow me, if I may. All right. Logical thinking, it says. Players direct the Amquack special to make pickup and delivery stops at eight towns in Duck County. Your child must help Donald control the switches to guide the train to the correct destination. There you go. So you're, that's logical thing. It's the logical thinking aspect of the game. No. I, I mean, <clears throat> I understand that the target audience for this is like four. Yeah. And and, and even as a four year old, no, seven to eleven. Oh, then then no way. Like my kids right in the ballpark of this game. No way. No, this has no educational value <laughs> for someone of that age. So let's move on to the second mini game that I tried, which was the airplane uh, luggage handling uh, section. This is where uh, Donald rolls over to the airport there in Ducktown, and he is a luggage handler. And this makes this, I'm sure many luggage handlers actually use this game to, <laughs> to ply their craft to get better at it because this game uh, is that I, this is a tough one. This is sort of a, has an I Love Lucy quality. It's the luggage careens out of a conveyor belt, and your job is to get the luggage, turn around, and drop it in the correct destination bin. Not drop or throw. Not drop. Throw, throw. In, right. into a vehicle that that appears to be at least fifteen feet behind you. Throw, yeah, you you're right. Donald violently throws your <laughs> luggage into these vehicles. Now, um, this one I played this again. I played this on the actual Coco, and I had some trouble learning how to. You have to line up your throws perfectly to get these things to go in the bins. Yeah, and I, I, I attribute hard. that to the fact that I was using a non-analog joystick, and I did get better at it after a spell. Uh, I found this uh, event sort of annoying, just because of the uh, the, the annoyingness of having to get it in the proper bin, and also the fact that uh, I, it, 
I wasn't very good at it. The luggage cuts pretty quick, doesn't it, Brent? I thought. Well, you don't have to get every piece of luggage. That's that's one thing you have to understand. And the luggage uh, is denoted by its destination, so it has abbreviations for like Atlanta or JFK, yeah. uh, different airports, and then the bins are also labeled the same. So you take the luggage and then you throw it into the appropriate bin. Right. This and, has yeah. very, very minute traces of edutainment because uh, you have to at least recognize the matching letters because it can get confusing because a lot of the letters are used, like maybe J is used in two different things, but JFK goes to one airport and like JPC goes to a different airport. So you have to be aware of that uh, and, and, and make your decisions. Now something that's very comical about this is you have your luggage thing pull up and you're throwing all your luggage in the different bins. Yeah. And then the luggage carrier goes up and loads all the bins onto one plane. And these aren't like, well, maybe the plane's making like multiple stops. No, because this is like East Coast and West Coast, and then back to the East Coast, and then the mid. So all these, the, you're basically sorting the luggage so it gets lost. I think you're re reading too much into this one. It's for, uh, for kids, but yeah, that plane would be wacky. <laughs> now, according to the box here, uh, this uh, game. Uh, helps you with your matching skills. Yeah. So no, I'll, I'll I agree that. with that. I'll I buy agree that with that one. I'll buy that one. Yeah. So from there, after that game, well, it was time to go sort. I'm one sorry. thing. Yes. That is, for the the age stated on the box, 7 to 11, yeah. no. If if we're looking at this as an age from a 7 to 11, no 7-year-old is going to gain any insight or knowledge or understanding of uh, matching from that game, so it has an edutainment of zero. I, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I think, I think there's edutainment to be had. Listen, what is edutainment? It's something pretending to be entertainment that's educational and painful. But, but this, this is the embodiment of education. No, 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 no. You, you learn nothing. You learn nothing. Not that's as it. a seven-year-old. As a four-year-old, maybe. As a seven-year-old, no. Listen, I learned next plenty. game. I learned plenty about next game. sorting. So what are you, what are you? You don't keep just order me to the next game. I go and I want to go. So next now we're going game. to the next game. That's right. So the next game I went after was the fruit matching game. Now this is this is another game. It's funny. Donald does a lot of these menial tasks. This is another one here. Donald is actually uh, behind a truck that's throwing fruit out. You've got to catch. I mean, they just violently throw the fruit. Yes. And you've got to catch. It looks the like all the luggage handlers that you replaced. Yeah, I got <laughs> went to the produce industry and just got another yeah. job. You've got to grab this this fruit and put it in the correct bin. And underneath the bin is like a conveyor belt. When you screw up, the fruit gets smashed and it gets taken away. So you've got two uh, two things you got to do here. This is edutainment at its purest form right here. Step one, you have to catch the fruit, which <laughs> no one signed me up for that. That's not educational. <laughs> and then you got to put the fruit in the correct bin. This is, real, this is actually super duper simple. You have to be an idiot not to be able to put the even the dumbest kid can figure yeah. this one out. You put the fruit in the in the thing. So uh, and it, and we should mention that when you do these jobs, you earn money, uh, and which we'll get into why you earn money later. So once you've uh, done your job there at the fruit stand, then it's time to go to the toy store oh, for the most difficult. Oh, of the, of oh wait the, a minute! What? Wait a minute! I want to put in my two cents. Oh please, please chime in on garbage the game. Garbage. The produce, garbage. Well, I thought there it was is, fun to catch the produce. No, there is no, again, a, no one, because there's only three symbols, and they're different in both shape and size. So it's not like someone's going to be like, man, I don't know how to match things. So there's no educainment value at all on this. At all. 
basically, this is just a, a, a meaningless task. Well, so, you educate your student, your student or son or whatever, in the value of fruit. No, uh, and uh, the how uh, the ability of a duck to catch fruit. <laughs> No, you know, no. and what happens when you put fruit in the raw box? It gets mushed and taken away. Horrible. Moving on. So, lastly, on the mini game dock, as I mentioned, was the stocking at the toy store. This seemed like it'd be great, but I, this is the game that I sucked at the most. I had all kinds of control <clears> issues <throat> with moving that ladder around. You, you've got a building with a with a with a ladder that goes up. This is a horrible way to store toys, <laughs> and you and you a toy will appear on this little like. Uh, Area, you go get the toy, and then you've got to you got to move the ladder to where the toy, go, where the twin of the toy is, and then you've got to to the left of that, and you got to move go up the ladder with the toy and drop the toy in the same area as the yeah. other toy. Well, I but I smashed most of my toys because when you screw up, the toys just fall careen to the ground and and just explode. Yeah. As an yeah. added bonus, <laughs> the toy store happens to be located beside uh, Amquack, the train. And so every so often, there's a timer at the bottom of the screen, and every so often when that Amquack train rolls by, you've got to shut the shutter in front of the shelf of toys. Otherwise, the toys fall off and shatter. This is a horrible game for kids. And this, I was wrong, this is the purest form of edutainment right this, here. This one was brutal. Is, when you think edutainment, <laughs> this is the one I think of. Just It punishes you over and over. And then there's a massive punishment waiting in the yeah. wings. Because <laughs> the first time you see the timer mm. cutting down, because the, the, the button or lever to close the thing is off to one side that you don't pay any attention to if you don't know what's going on. Did you not see the timer? There's well, a yeah, timer. But you, when, you, when I first loaded it up, because it's been forever since I played this, I was like, first of all, problem number one, you can only load the shelf to your left. Yeah. So if the That's toy annoying. the toy you want to do is on your right, you can't. You have to move no. the ladder. And then <laughs> yes. so the very first thing I did was I grabbed the toy, I went up, and it was on the toy I needed to load was on the right. And I hit the button and he just dropped it on the ground. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I go back over, I grab another toy, and this one was lined up. I was already properly lined up. So I went and I put it on the shelf. I was like, okay. And then the third toy, I had to move the ladder. And I didn't know the... I knew the ladder could move, but I didn't know how to move the ladder. Yeah. So where I was trying to figure out did how to move... Did you have trouble the, moving it? Yeah. I did too. Even on the DOS version. So even as I was trying to move the ladder, the train came by. And I thought it was just an earthquake. No. I thought this this toy store was just on the, on the fault line. Yeah. And continuously got hit by quakes. All the toys fell and broke. It's like... What am I doing? I would just leave. Can you imagine you're a little kid playing this? <laughs> All the toys break and you've destroyed the toy store. That would probably that might scar you. That would ruin you. Yes. As Listen, a child. what hosed you was you didn't have the you didn't have the actual copy to look up what was going on with the manual and stuff in here. Thank God for having this thing around. This is why you do the ones you own. And this this had this was not a, a, a an, an edutainment game. This was only cane. This was hey, this was like I said. This is the purest form of edutainment. So. That is, those are your four mini games. Now there's an extra sort of secondary thing which we'll get to. So what are you doing all this for? It's because you got to have a job. By the way, this teaches economics in a way. It does teach economics. It also teaches you what minimum wage is because you literally earn pennies for these jobs. I mean, they're they're screwing Donald Duck. This is hard work. That thing going up down that ladder. You're you're taking a beat and you're making pennies. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they they count out your money to you and they count it out in like dollars and pennies and quarters and nickels. So you can see why they did it that way. 
But as an adult, I was appalled by this. Like, you need kid now, I would realize. They're like, wait a minute. I earned a buck for doing that? What the uh, heck? Uh, I, worked, I worked that freaking job at the railroad. I, for six minutes, I earned a dollar. I'm like, are you kidding me? What is going on here? Yeah, there, that's something worth mentioning is uh, uh, if you if you step back at it and you'd be like, man, I earned like $40 or like $4 for like six minutes worth of work. That's pretty good. But in, in Duckburg, man, that means nothing. Yeah, and also time... That gets you a tire. Time works different for ducks. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. And you, you know what a day's work is in Duckville or whatever, <laughs> because you're working hard. Oh, wait, calling this Donald Duck's Playground, I see why they did it, but this is not play. No. This is teaching a kid, pain. go out and be productive. Yeah, this or, is pain. Or be a horrible luggage handler. It teaches them something. By the way, I should mention that the toy game, I don't know. I guess that's a matching. That's what the box says, but I'm not, that, one, that one sucked. Yeah. If you're gonna make a game, don't make it so hard for the kid. That's t- well, I didn't like that. Well, let me tell you, this is the that's the first game where a seven year old be, would be like, man, this is somewhat of a challenge. Well, yeah, yeah, because the because the the uh, the thirty year old me. Which, <laughs> okay, oh, we go back 37, The thirty seven year old me also thought this was a challenge. So anyway, once you've done all this, you've amassed a lot of duck cash. No, you haven't. Right? You've amassed some. I amassed, I believe, at the end of my, when I got had enough, I amassed like a, about a buck seventy-four. Oh, God. When du- duck money, that's $1,000. <laughs> then it's time to go to the stores. you got stores at the, on the side of town here. You've got a junk store. There's, a, there's like a nickel and dime store. A couple of stores in there. And they're all manned by Disney characters. you got you got the Minnie Mouse. you got Mickey. And Goofy. You got Goofy yeah. over there, right? Man, <laughs> of course, story. they put Goofy in the junk shop. Yeah, Goofy. He can't have anything decent. Goofy, once again, relegated <laughs> to the loser role. <laughs> and so you, what you're doing is you're buying components to build a playground yeah. the, uh, on, the, on, the, uh, on the other side of the tracks <laughs> at the edge of town. Everything in this town revolves around the railroad. <laughs> and so once you buy this stuff, it sort of goes into your into like this inventory of playground stuff. Now, yeah. I will tell you, I never bought all the stuff I needed to get the playground going. I had enough after a couple hours of this. I, and I know you, you probably, did you complete a playground of any sort? Because at the end, there's like a, a, a sort of like a boxes with all the playgrounds in it that you sort of have to rotate around to make the playground stuff fit together. Well, I, I did not complete this during this week. Yeah. I have completed this in the past. Okay. And Was it worth it? Well, this is what I want, <laughs> this is what I want to talk about with this game. Uh... Depending on what version you play, and in my opinion, uh, the Coco version is probably the worst. It pays the least amount of money per job and uh, has the worst graphics. Uh, uh, Probably, if you're going to play this, uh, play it on the Amiga. The Amiga version is really really good. And here's something you'll learn very early on. Yeah. Don't go into farming. Don't go into toys. Yeah. Don't don't work for the railroad. You you go up there and you work your butt off as a luggage handler and you make sweet bank. Yeah, because that's you a, can, that's a government job. That's you why. can that's right. You can make so much more money per time invested at the airport than any other thing. It's funny because I made most of my money working the train. No 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 no. That's where I made my no. made the big money. No. Because I thought it was just easier to do the train. That's why I, 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 I guess just played that one more. The train has too much downtime for what money it receives back. Now, there are some versions of this game where every time you do the train yard, I think the DOS version is actually the worst for money. Uh, I think for the DOS version, every time you complete a lap 
for the train, you get a dime. Yeah, that's, that's a, two destinations for a dime. You know, you, you reminded me of something too. In were, the Amiga version, you get seventy-five cents. When you one thing you have, which we failed to mention, and this is another edutainment part of the game, edutainment is that you also when you buy stuff, you have to give them exact change. That is, and that is one hundred percent the the best uh, edutainment well, part yeah. of the game. Yeah, is is dealing with money. Yeah, you have to manage you have money to, if you buy and the and the stuff you buy. Thankfully, the stuff was very expensive. Thank God, because you don't have money. Well, I think you, you still need like $70 or something to buy everything. Yeah. Because well, there is a close. lot of stuff. Yeah. And what and, and but you have to when you buy this stuff, you have to get you have to go through your things and give them the exact amount of money you need. Which well, I, again, that's pretty good. If you don't have the exact amount of money, you have to get your you have to count your own change yeah. out too. Uh but I actually I like that aspect of the game is is the best. Yeah. Uh but like I said, depending on your version, uh, is how much you get paid. Uh, it is how the fat, the speed that you walk and stuff is different depending on the versions. And uh, the Coco version is kind of in the middle. The DOS version is painfully slow now, walking around let town. Me, since you played, let me ask you a question. All right, right. you want to cover this? You got Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And I read somewhere that when you cross the tracks. You can you will become Huey, Dewey, and yes. Louie. Is that after the playground's built? Yeah, because you, that didn't happen on this version. Here's something you have to understand: when it says "build the playground," you actually get a play yeah, in the playground. I read that, and that means like if you put up a tire swing, you can go over to the tire swing and interact with it as as one of the kids, and he'll swing in the tire for a little bit and then good. get off. Yeah. It is so rewarding. It is so rewarding. I remember, and now I don't have a great memory of it. See, I gave up too early. I, didn't I, get to I have this. some memory of buying the little uh, hobble horse uh, and just playing on it over and over because he does that thing where he swings real far back and forward and back and forward. It's because what's with the spring hobble horses? You found this real rewarding, did you? And I just did it over that and seems, over as a kid. That, to me, that strikes <clears throat> me as incredibly sad. Oh, this yeah. is what you, no, no, as, as a you kid. You went to a virtual playground with a virtual guy well, and then you enjoyed yourself with a hobby horse. It was because I knew I had fun playing on that piece of equipment uh -huh. and I was allowing someone else to have fun, so it made me feel good. I see. And how old were you at this? Oh, 27? I, I was, gosh, when I played this, I had to have been. Preteen okay. for sure. So here's the thing. Let me back up all this. The mini games of this game <laughs> suck. You Man, learn nothing. It's a variable. It, it is variable. It goes from suck into blood. No, no. Uh, the money aspect of this game is brilliant because you want to earn more money. If not painful. To uh, get all the toys to play with all the different types of toys. That the 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 uh, cheese in this. <laughs> is absolutely perfect that makes you want to keep playing it uh and learning about money and managing money and you know buying what you need to get something up and running brilliant all that is brilliant uh but this is the most cane this puts the cane in education yeah it turns out this is the perfect title for this because this is meaning this is so meaningless jobs Making so little money that it beats you down to get to that place. This is a good. This is a good primer for real life. It is. <laughs> I, I felt just as beat down then as I do now. We we had one user review again from our buddy Graham. <clears throat> um, he writes, uh, "I've seen this game before on MS DOS, but I will score the Coco version seven out of ten. It's essentially a series of mini games." 
where you send Donald to work in various scenarios, such as a train controller, an airport conveyor worker, a fruit market packer, etc. And you earn a wage at the end of each level. It can get a little repetitive, but it does teach sorting patterns and introduces logic problems. My youngest daughter wants to play more this more, but mostly because you can buy parts for a playground to build it. Oh, we've got a second review. Just came in. Oh, all right. From our buddy Rushi. And by the way, this guy is a expert in edutainment. He was waxing on these uh, games earlier this week on our Discord. So I was hoping Rushi would get one in. So thank you, by the way, Graham. So uh, and I'm yeah. glad your kids love it. And that's a, the pull that makes them want to play it more is exactly the pull that made me want to play it more when I was a kid. There you go. So Rushi writes a a darkly realistic simulator of working menial jobs for pennies in order to buy frivolous experiences. The mini games are a mixed bag, with the railroad being the most enjoyable. That's what I thought. It is the most enjoyable. And both the grocery store and toy store are making me question just how much I want that multi-tiered rocket ship slide. <laughs> the rocking horse is my favorite because of its simplicity and impracticability. There's nothing to it, and I love it. A great tool for teaching children how to manage their money, though I credit this game for helping me learn how to optimally hoard worthless trinkets. There you go. So there's good two fine two fine looks at this game. So I think that's I think those were two good titles. Actually I don't think yours was too educated mental because it wasn't too painful. I think, that's true. I think Donald Duck's playground it was a beat was down. A, it was a beat down. It, it allows you to uh, have the soul crushing reality of life at, at a very young age. Although I would say this is still worth going out and emulating. Get an emulator, play it on the Amiga. It's a much, much, much better version. Um, Let your kids play it, and if you do that, yes. or you look, drop us a note, or, you know, comment on our video, whatever. So, because they'll play it, and as soon as you show them that they can buy stuff with the virtual money they get, they're gonna be playing it, and you can actually watch their little souls crush on their face. Oh my it's god, listen to me. You know what's not soul-crushing? What's that? It's spinning the wheel, oh, brother. All right. It's spinning that sucker. And right. do you remember what we added this week? Uh, we added, I believe, the Acorn Archimedes. We did. It got spit in the mix. And a new category called ARG Battles. This ARG is a- Battles is where Aaron and I will debate a topic and let the fans decide who's... Uh, Viewpoint was the more successfully debated. He's dying to get that one. By the way, that was suggested by, you say, Pac That Billy. was a Pack Billy series. Pack Billy's full of these good suggestions. All right, fire this thing up. You can feel the breeze coming off that. That was a good old spin. Look that thing go. Yeah, that, man, that was maybe your best ever spin. Uh, oh, like my gosh. The Commodore 16. It's finally happened. It's funny. This, this, this thing keeps coming up. The Commodore 16. Look. Christmas time is <laughs> still here. Well, it makes sense because we do, in fact, have our Christmas stuff still up. So, what do you know about the Commodore 16, Brenny? Uh, I, I, I know I love Commodore, so I'm really looking forward to getting into the Commodore 16. Okay. Well, I have not explored it as an actual system, though. It's funny. I was watching uh, a lot of reviews on the new Commodore, the C64 full-on computer that got released. Yes. The HDMI hookups, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And it comes with a standard built-in VIC-20 emulation as well, yeah. which is nice. But I'd, I'd heard someone mention that people had lamented that they wished that there would have been Commodore 16 uh, support in this thing as well. And I was like, oh, okay, well, there you go. I don't know anything uh, at all about the Commodore 16. Just I know it by name, and I know there were 
I always heard that people that programmed for it were quite good because it was yeah. not the easiest thing to, to fit games on. So, right. Uh, and I assume the 16 is 16K. I assume that's I would what assume, that stands yeah. for. So uh, that should be that should be fun. Um, anything going on in the chat room today? You want to talk to anybody? Uh, we had a few good chatters. Uh, Most of them are garbage, don't you saying? <laughs> uh, the, uh, there seems to be some appeal for the C16 category. I know a lot of people have been... Just clamoring for it. Really? Oh yes. You're kidding me? No, I, I, there, there's been a couple people every week rooting for it when the wheels spun. Uh, a few people commenting about how soul crushing the uh, uh, playground game actually is, yeah. and how uh, how much it teaches real life in the most painful ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and just a general uh, good time being had in chat, which we're all you know you always love to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's take care of some business. Uh, we are. Uh, currently in the process of shifting everything over to uh, anchor.fm so we'll announce yes. that later on down the line uh you can always check us out uh, with any of your podcasters if you're ch- watching this on youtube we this is a podcast that goes out and you can pick us up anywhere then you don't have to look at us yeah <laughs> see that right there also edutainment <laughs> we may have something to tell you you don't know but you have to, <laughs> to watch us say it um we will uh, uh, be back same bat time, bat chat. Can you think of anything else we need to say before we sign this sucker down? Uh, we're coming up on ARG Presents oh, 100. Yeah. I probably should have mentioned this. I believe this is 98. Yep. My I, gosh. So we got, really, it's in two weeks. Yep. Well, we'll figure out something. We're doing something so epic that even we don't know what it is. It's going to be awesome, though. So, yes, thanks for sticking uh, around with us through uh, this many episodes. We've the ups and downs. We're we're still we're getting better, a little bit better audio wise and video wise. We're, we're doing our best. That's all you can say. <laughs> so that's bad. I want to thank uh, uh, the, the Dunk, Duncan Styles for the awesome uh, Tron like opening uh, gimmick. You know, love it. We also want to thank our good buddy the Bark Bit, him of the awesome beard. Uh, yeah, the, uh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I he humbled. He humbled I me. Uh, when I saw that, <laughs> saw his uh, secret Santa video. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, your, your, beard, your beard's no good anyway. So yeah, Bart, but he's the man. He provides our closing tune, which we we love that. So I think that uh, pretty much dots the eyes and crosses the T for this edutainment episode. I enjoyed that in a weird way. I don't know why. So we will see you guys again next week, same bat time, bat channel. And until then, class dismissed. Ah!